This is the Ballroom State of Mind podcast, episode 74, Are You Coachable? Welcome to the Ballroom State of Mind podcast. I'm Amber Hader and I'm your host. I am an amateur ballroom dancer and I'm also a personal mindset coach. When I started dancing just a few years ago, I started to recognize pretty quickly the ways in which my head was getting in my way. And I could see it in the other dancers around me as well. So I determined pretty quickly that I gotta find a way to get these mindset tools that I use in my professional life into the hands of dancers so that they can improve faster, they can have more fun, less anxiety, and win more. We all wanna win a little bit more, not only in our dancing, but in life. The tools I share in this podcast are going to help you do both. Thanks for being here. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. I might say that every time, but I don't feel bad about it (laughs) because you are my friends and I'm happy that you're here. Um, I just was traveling last weekend and I was at the autumn dance classic. I actually wasn't there to be there. I was actually there for another purpose. I went and visited a studio down there. I was invited to come and address their studio and address the students. And it was the funnest thing ever. And I want to do more of it. So it was so fun. I think there was like 10 to 12 people there maybe. And I got to just like sit in a circle with them and talk and talk mindset and mental, emotional regulation and talk about some things that were specifically concerns of theirs. And it was literally just the best time I was in heaven. I was in heaven. I love it. I love being with the people, especially in person. And it happened to be the autumn dance classic as well. I wasn't dancing, but um, my teacher was there with a couple of students uh, coincidentally, but I did go and watch some of the competition, which was fun. And it was fun to just be an observer. It was hard. It was hard. I wanted to be dancing, but it was fun. And I got the chance to talk to some people and meet some people and, um, and also tell them a little bit about why I was there and, and helping out at that studio. And I want to do more of that. So if you guys want me to come visit your studio, um, there's information on my website about that, about how I can come and speak. So um, let's do some more of that next year, 2024. It's going to be the year of in-studio visits, I feel like. But here's what I want to talk about in the podcast today. I want to talk about being coachable. And where this came up is, oh, actually, the first place I ever kind of heard this term, um, I remember I was playing soccer. And I'd been playing, you know, locally, at like at my school or whatever, and there was a, we decided we kind of, my girlfriend and I decided we wanted to play a little bit more year round. And so we wanted to join a club and there was something called the Olympic development program in Portland. And we wanted to go try out for ODP. And one of the things that the coach talked to us about, because I wasn't necessarily super experienced. I played soccer a few years, but, um, she said, I care more that you're coachable than experienced. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And, and so that was the first time I heard that. And it basically meant like, can you listen? Can you learn? Can you apply what I'm teaching you? Because a lot of times a coach really cares about if they can shape you, like if you're shapeable, if you can listen, I can make you into something great. But if you can't listen and you can't apply it, I can't do anything with you. And 
I got to thinking about this a little bit recently because I was in a lesson with my teacher, Mark, and um, there was another student who happened to be in the room. She was working on her own and her lesson was after mine, but she'd come early to practice and all of that. And so she happened to be in the room for basically the entirety of my lesson with Mark. And I didn't really notice because I was pretty focused, but um, at the end of my lesson, he left to go use the restroom or something. And she came up to me and she said, you know, I'm so glad she said something like this. I'm so glad I was here for your lesson and was able to watch that. And I was like, oh, really? Why? And she said, you know, you don't rebel at all. It's kind of nice. And I thought about that for a while. Like, you're right. I don't rebel. Like I almost never push back. And I started to think, you know, that's a real benefit to me. And that's a real benefit to my progress because when I'm not pushing back or arguing things or rebelling, I'm not taking up valuable time in a lesson and I'm just focusing on applying what he's trying to teach me. And it's not that I agree with everything that he says. It's not like I'm like blindly agreeing and just going along and, and, and all of that. It's like, there are times I don't agree. And there's times that I know he's just wrong about what he's saying, but I don't push back in those moments because it's like, I just know it's not productive. It would take up time. And for the most part, I get the gist of what he's trying to teach me. He might be using words that I don't understand, or he might be using words or saying it in a way that I don't think is quite right or whatever. And, and I'm spending more time kind of translating what he's saying into my own mind and then trying to deliver it. And so I'm just busy listening, translating, and then trying to apply it. And it doesn't feel productive to me to stop and push back or question things or argue semantics or, or like question his expertise. I'm sort of just in a mode of like, I'm just going to trust it. I'm just going to trust the process. I'm going to trust him, trust what he knows, and I'm just going to go with it. And, and most things that come up for me in a lesson that maybe I don't agree with aren't worth addressing, but should there ever come a time when I feel strongly about something, I do feel like I can bring it up and I do. And I think because I don't do it all that often, I think there's a little bit more of a willingness to hear me out. Like I respect his guidance 90% of the time, 95% of the time. So if like five to 10% of the time I want to push back or assert what I want or need or believe, then it's like, he's more willing to hear it because I just don't do that all the time. So this is something that I want to offer to you because coachability is all about your attitude. It's all about if you're teachable, if you're open, if you're humble, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to apply feedback, if you want to hear feedback and, and if you're wanting to improve and you're wanting to trust them in the process. And I just think I've hired this person to be my expert. I've hired him to teach me and I'm choosing to trust his guidance. So why would I hire him and then question his expertise a lot? I believe that in the end, he wants my success and that my success is also his success. And he's here to help me. And we're on the same team. So I try to be collaborative. I try to be um, accommodating when I can. I will add a little caveat here that if you literally feel like you can never be heard, 
if there's things that are going on that you feel are questionable, or if the person that you're working with is, it just doesn't feel good to you. Like you don't even have to define it exactly. Or even if it's borderline toxic or abusive, like don't do what they say, just get out of there. Okay. So I want to say that, like, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying like, do whatever they want you to do, even if it goes against what you feel inside feels good to you. Like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about today is most of you who have reasonable teachers who care about you, care about your progress. And that when we are pushing back and questioning their expertise, that it's slowing you down. Okay. So I want to offer to you um, some like information about being coachable, like what it would look like and what it looks like when you're not coachable so that you can question for yourself, like, am I slowing myself down by kind of being uncoachable? And it's probably not something that you're, you are all the time. Like there's probably times that you're coachable and times that you're not coachable, times that you're open to feedback, times that you're not. We're kind of all on a spectrum all the time. But generally speaking, I want you to self-reflect and see, am I coachable? Am I getting in my own way some of the time? Okay. So here's what it would look like if you are coachable. Okay. If you're coachable, you're going to be more humble. This means that you're going to be willing to be wrong. And you got to be willing to understand that you don't know everything and that it's okay that you don't know everything. And you're willing to let someone else teach you. So you would be teachable. Uh, A person who is coachable is also responsible. So it's like you're responsible is about the tasks that you're taking on and that they're your responsibility. Okay. And so when they're teaching you something, are you being responsible for it? Are you taking it on and trying it? This is a little bit different than being accountable, but if you're coachable, you're also accountable and accountability has to do with the ownership of the results. Responsibility is about the task and taking ownership of the task. Accountability is taking ownership of the result. So whatever you're getting, whatever your progress is that you're getting, you're taking ownership of it. You're being held accountable. You're not making excuses. You're not blaming other people. Okay. You're not blaming other people. You're not blaming other circumstances. If you're coachable, you're also adaptable. You're willing to challenge your own beliefs and assumptions. You're willing to try on the idea that it might be better someone else's way. And I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to unlearn some things that I think I know best, or I'm, I'm willing to relearn. I'm willing to apply correction that I receive. I'm willing to accept correction. That makes me coachable. I'm willing to accept correction, apply it and act on it. If you're coachable, you're going to have trust. You're going to have trust for this person. You're going to have trust in the process. And like I said, you're going to be open to feedback, welcoming the feedback, even seeking out feedback. A coachable person is open. They ask questions. They, they want clarification. They want to get better and they know this person can help them do that. So you're willing to just listen. Are you willing to listen? A coachable person values that guidance and they value the guidance over control. We're willing to let go of control and let someone else have it in certain situations. A coachable person has a growth mindset. A growth mindset means I'm not set in the way that I am now. I do have the ability to change. I do have the ability to grow if I try, if I work at it. 
if I apply these corrections. You're willing to acknowledge that you have blind spots that you can't see. And we need somebody outside of us. We're willing to accept help. We're willing to accept and acknowledge that we might have flawed processes. We might not be doing it right. Let's talk about if you're not coachable and what that might look like. If you are not coachable or in a not coachable moment, we could say, you're going to have generally more resistance. You're going to feel resistant to them, resistant to things. Okay. You're going to be noticing that you're probably pushing back more. It might just be on like what they're saying or how they're saying it or how they're describing it, but we're kind of like pushing back and we might be spending more time talking, arguing than we are working. If you're taking things personally on a regular basis, you might not be coachable in those moments. You're going to feel like you have to be right, or it's basically an unwillingness to be wrong. If you're in a less coachable moment, you're probably explaining why you did what you did or why you're doing it in the way that you're doing it, It which is a little bit defensive, right? So if you feel defensive quite a bit, then you're probably uncoachable at times. People who are not coachable won't take ownership of mistakes. They won't take ownership of failure. If we're not coachable, we're going to blame other people. Okay. We're going to blame other people. We're going to blame other circumstances. Sometimes I hear this as it's like the other dancers or it's the judges or it's the coach or it's the teacher. And it's like the teacher didn't teach me right. Or the teacher didn't teach me well enough. And they're not taking ownership of that they are responsible for their own progress at the end of the day. Okay. If you are not coachable, you're going to avoid feedback. Okay. You're, or you're going to excuse it away. Uh, This can lead to, to just being kind of more in a victim mentality. And again, that's like the blaming everyone else. It's like, it's never me. It's always everybody else. You're a victim to everyone else. Uh, You won't think that you have that much to learn. You might be a little bit of a know-it-all or that you know better than others. Your ideas are better. A person who's less coachable is going to talk more than they're going to listen. And your attitude is generally negative. You're probably also going to avoid challenges because challenges are going to reveal maybe your weaknesses. And we're just unwilling to see that we're unwilling to self-reflect. And so we're going to avoid challenges or anything that's going to reveal that. So we're also less willing to experiment with new things. So that's kind of a general list of like, what does it look like to be coachable? What does it look like to be not coachable? But here's another question I want you to ask yourself is, what is that about? If I am uncoachable or if I'm resistant to coaching, if I'm pushing back, if I'm defensive, if I'm not really open to it, if if I'm taking feedback personally, like what is that about? And if you find yourself doing this some of the time, I just want you to take the time to reflect on that. Are we trying to like not face something? Like, do we not want to face our shortcomings? Is this like a pride thing? Why are we uncomfortable? Are we uncomfortable with that? Are we uncomfortable that with the idea that we have things to learn as if we're supposed to already be finished, as if nobody else has anything to offer that would help us? Like, what's that about? Why are we feeling defensive? Like, what are we defending against? Why don't we want to be wrong? Like, why? Like, I mean, and like, I love being wrong. I'm always looking for how I'm wrong. 
because I want to be corrected. I want to get better. I want to do it better. Somebody, I always know somebody's going to have a better idea than me. And I want to adopt that. So I'm not resistant at all to being wrong. Do we feel like we need to save face? Are we trying to protect our ego? Are we like engaged in a power struggle? And is there some way, shape or form that we feel like we're powerless? And so we're trying to assert that we have power or dominance. Like what's that about? Just here's what I want you to do. Just play with this. I mean, take the time to observe yourself in your interactions with your teacher. Okay. And just play with it. Be willing to let go of control. If you feel like you're resistant and kind of pushing back defensive and you're taking time in lessons, questioning everything, like just, just test it out. Like let your guard down, open up, humble yourself a little bit and just test it out and see how it affects the dynamic of you and your teacher and how it affects what you're able to accomplish. Because like my friend had said, when she said, you don't rebel at all. She said, it's kind of nice. And I'm telling you friends, I do think it is nice because we hum along. We hum along in our lessons and we get a lot accomplished. And I want you to feel what that feels like when there's not a lot of resistance and there's just more flow. So test it out. And I want to hear what you have to say about this. So you should go join Joyful Ballroom. It's my Facebook group. It's free, but you have to be a dancer. You just do. I have questions there and I ask you about your dancing. So answer them. So I know that you belong in there. And then we talk about the podcast and I give extra content in there. That's just for that group that I don't put anywhere else. I don't put it on social media. I don't put it on Instagram. It's just in joyful ballroom. And it's where we can communicate and connect. And we talk about comps and we talk about other tips and tricks and other little short form stuff, little bite-sized things that I give you. So go join that and let's connect in there about being coachable. All right. That's what I have for you. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Do you have a mindset coach yet? If you don't, you should really think about it because all of the best dancers, all of the best athletes, they have coaches and it's not because they're weak. It's because they're smart and they know that if they have gaps that they need to fill, they got to hire the right people to fill those gaps so that they can fulfill their potential, become the dancer that they always dreamed that they would be. All right, so it's super easy to find out if private coaching is for you. You just get on a dance strategy call with me. It's free, it's simple, it's not very long. And I'll give you some strategies right away that you can apply right away. And then if we wanna work together beyond that, we can discuss it. But other than that, it's a super simple process. I'll leave information in the show notes about how to make that happen. So thanks for being here today.